Barb Higgins here, welcoming you to A Thousand Tiny Steps. In this podcast, I share my stories of love, loss, triumphs, and tragedy as I continue to trace my steps backward and ponder what led to the death of my daughter, Molly. If you're ready to laugh, cry, shake your head in disbelief, or simply listen, and tie, buckle, slip on, or lace up your shoes, and join me as we begin our A Thousand Tiny Steps. Hey, everybody, Barb Higgins here, welcoming you to episode 109 of A Thousand Tiny Steps. So as you can see by my, by my background, I'm in a hotel room. So I've got this little table over here and I'm sitting at this dining room table. It's actually an amazing resort here in lovely Orlando, Florida. And this is where I am right now. And I am recording this on Monday, September 11th. And it's interesting because obviously September 11th is a huge day. And when you look at different generations, they all have that day of infamy, that day that they remember when some terrible thing happened. For my mom's generation, it was the assassination of JFK. And she was, you know, that was the year I was born. So for my generation, that's what 9-11 is for this generation. Like Gracie was born the year 9-11 happened. She was, you know, six months old. I was four months old when JFK was assassinated. So it's sort of a similar thing. I didn't, I know that everyone talked about it. Everyone could tell stories about where they were and what was going on. And so here we are on September 11th. So by the time you're hearing this now, we're into October and maybe you've moved along from thinking about it, but it seems disrespectful and irreverent for me not to address it in this episode. And actually what I'm talking about today ties in well to 9-11. And that's essentially that in spite of the best laid plans, things don't always go the way we think they will. Oftentimes they go drastically different. We think we have all this control over things. We can organize events. We can plan celebrations. We can set up shopping trips and play dates and put everything together perfectly. And one little thing can change it all. And it doesn't happen the way that you thought it would, period. So it's it's 9-11. And quite honestly, this is one of my easier anniversary dates to deal with. And it won't make a lot of sense to those of you that haven't suffered a truly life-changing traumatic event and so my life-changing traumatic event is the death of Molly. And, and prior to that, the loss of my job and all that went into that. And when 9-11 occurred, none of those things had happened to me yet. 9-11, Gracie had just been born. I was still nursing her like crazy. I was back to school half time. It was a beautiful day. I was coaching. I had just won my first New England title as a coach. You know, all of these things. My life was as picket fence as it can get. None of the things that were, were coming had arrived. And Molly hadn't even been born. And so, so this is a holiday that I experienced two times before Molly's arrival. And so when I go back to 9-11, yes, I still miss Molly, but Molly wasn't here when 9-11 occurred. And so I don't attach her to it. And it's a bit easier for me to process. Whenever there's a cloud-free day on September 11th, I go right back there. I have another pretty significant cloud-free day event on September 11th, and that was my first marriage, and that was in 1993. Today is also my step-granddaughter Stella's birthday. So all of these things happening on 9-11. Happy birthday to Jen Jaquith as well. When I was working out this morning, I looked at all my CrossFit gym affiliations to see what workouts were going on to honor 9-11. My physically home gym of Amoskeg didn't have a special one, at least not in Wattify. Battle CrossFit had a 9-11 workout and so did CrossFit Amesbury. Something special for today. 
So what I did was I sort of took into account my hotel room fitness center and what I could accomplish there. And so I did a workout that was a 9-11 memorial workout. And so when I think of 9-11, I think of all the young people who enlisted in the military and numbers were huge and men spent their young formative years in the Middle East and many didn't come home. And so I think of all of the young people whose lives were changed from this one event. I think about my friend Polly who worked for United at that time and she wasn't working she wasn't in work that day, but of course all employees were called in and spent the next several days and weeks, you know, 24/7 doing what needed to be done for all of the employees that were working that day. Had she been working, she would have checked in all the flight 11 people. And so she lost good friends, she lost people she knew, and it was this horrifying event for her. And her grief journey is profoundly beautiful and each year is a bit different for her. She's sort of stuck at home this year, which is tough on her. Last year, she was actually in New York City, which is pretty intense. Just a shout out to Polly, because there's not much I can do to alleviate her pain. I can sit with her in it. I can acknowledge it. But her grief journey is her grief journey, just like mine is mine. And we, we you know, walk around these things together. So my workout today was the following, my 9-11 Memorial workout. I rode 2,001 meters on the rower. So when I walked from our beautiful hotel suite to the workout room and got everything set up, when I sat down, I looked at my watch and it was 11 minutes and 13 seconds. So 11, 9, 11, Polly flight 11, 13, Molly. So then I rode my 2,001 meters and I didn't row quickly. I didn't, I sort of just did a thoughtful row. I said some prayers. I said some Allah abhaz which is a word in the Baha'i faith, a one word prayer that means God is glorious. And when I got to 2001 meters, I looked and it was 11 minutes, 13 seconds. So that came up twice in my workout today, which was significant for me. Sometimes numbers mean things where they didn't before. I felt happy with those numbers. And then I did, I chose nine different movements and I did 11 reps of each movement. I did 11 sit-ups and then I did 11 hand release push-ups. Then I did 11 kettlebell swings, then 11 air squats, then 11 dumbbell curls, then 11 dumbbell rows, then 11 V-ups, then 11 goblet squats, then 11 each arm dumbbell snatches, then 11 kettlebell sumo deadlift high pulls, and then I finished off with 11 devil's press, which is a burpee with dumbbells in your hands, and when you stand up, you bring the dumbbells up over your head. It was good. It wasn't super difficult. It was sort of just what I needed. I've done a gym workout every day since I've been here. And that's more regular than I've been at home. I've been doing a lot of mobility and walking workouts since my competition mid-August. So it was good. It was a good workout and it got me thinking. And I walked back and it was this beautiful, hot, muggy summer day, which I love. This is my favorite weather. And I remember 9-11 was also a beautiful day, a very beautiful day not super muggy. And it was Kenny's and my first 9-11 as a married couple with baby Grace. So it was intense. It was nice. And I thought about Polly and I thought about, you know, quite honestly, I thought about all the airline pilots because their lives changed as well. And I remember Roy telling me how he was on a flight. He flew for TWA then, and he was flying back from England and got diverted to Canada. And there have been tons of those stories published about planes full of people that got 
sent to Canada and they sat in those planes for hours. And, and then Canadian people took them into their homes and they had to stay there for days. And, and that was his experience. And of course, his, his flying career took a huge trajectory that he had no control over. So I think of not just him, but I think of all the pilots that whose lives changed that day. And of course, I think of the people on the airlines and how their lives changed. And it got me to what I was going to talk about today anyway, which was how single decisions can, can change things. And in my podcasting journey, looking at single decisions and how they change our plans and can irrevocably change our lives has stayed on me. Some of the people that are interviewed for 9-11 are those people who were supposed to be on those flights and for whatever last minute reasons weren't. There was a, a pilot or a flight attendant, I can't remember which, who was scheduled to work and had a sudden change and couldn't. But of course, the reassigned pilot was, right? So the sudden decisions are good and bad, depending on which pilot you were, or which flight attendant, or which crew member you were for that particular decision. You look at the people that worked in the World Trade Center who needed to be in those buildings that day. So you might have had people meeting for breakfast up top. You might have had people who, it was the beginning of the school year, right? So maybe you had traffic issues that maybe made you a little bit late. Maybe you overslept. So you have all these people that were scheduled to be in those buildings at that time that weren't for whatever reason. And because they weren't, they are alive now. But then you have people that maybe weren't supposed to be in that building that went for a meeting that went, you know, they had a breakfast. And so they were at the top of the world eating breakfast and where they would never be there. Otherwise you have you know, it was a beautiful day. So you have tourists whose last minute decisions to go to the top of those buildings to see what the view was like, who might not have been there otherwise, right? So all of these, all of these last minute decisions, these small little meaningless at the time decisions that irrevocably, good or bad, change your life in an instant or change the trajectory of it. And maybe you don't realize it. And that would be me with Molly. All of those decisions that set my life on a course that ultimately led to me pulling the plug on her on May 7th, 2016. So we're down here in Florida and we weren't supposed to be here in Florida. And so <laughs> this vacation came about because I came down a few weeks ago with Gracie, a few weeks ago as of this recording, a couple of months ago as you're listening, for a Disney audition and it went terribly for her. And the changes in her life since then continue to be relatively significant. She's switched up her day-to-day -day reality so that she can get fit again and get back into the dance studio and, and get some competitions under her belt and relive and rejoin rather the world that would make it possible for her to be a Disney performer. I wasn't going to come on vacation this time of year. When Gracie let us know that she was coming with her friend, Kaylin, we thought, no, that's not a good time. We want to come later. I guess we'll just all have to go again later. And then when I was down here with her, I realized now that we have our kitchen being done and some other things going on, that coming on a vacation now was the right idea. And so, of course, that took some last minute decisions on my part. I had to find coverage for CrossFit classes and I had to, you know, get things done. And it was very stressful. And our flight down here and all that went into being prepared isn't something that <laughs> I think I will do this way again. It was pretty tricky. Gracie and Kaylin had this unbelievably well thought out vacation with little events on each day, character breakfasts and meet and greets and all of these things put in place primarily by Kaylin. She is the best planner ever. Kaylin has been battling and experiencing life with a brain tumor. And the brain tumor she has is the, basically the same kind that Molly had, an astrocytoma, although hers had some malignancies and was in a place that it's not operable. And, you know, it's a whole different 
reality. And doctors were willing to listen to her symptoms. And luckily for her, she got diagnosed before the tumor could do damage to her. But chemo and radiation and all that goes into that treatment can be very, very difficult. And as young and healthy as Kaylin is, she's been sick on this vacation. So we aren't quite sure whether she had like a stomach flu or was it, was it a response to chemo? Regardless of what it was, it has impacted their vacation. And I look at how that might've been for Gracie if we had not been here, if she was just down here alone, alone with Kaylin. And maybe that would have been easier for her. It, was, it would have just been she and Kaylin and she wouldn't feel beholden to us. However, we had a car here and we could go, we could lend the car to them and, and make, you know, Kaylin's visit to the ER a little bit easier and, and we could entertain Gracie while Kaylin was sleeping and all this. So, so has it been the vacation they hoped? No. Has it been the vacation we thought it might be based on their plans? No. Has it been okay? It's been wonderful. We've had some wonderful times with Gracie. We've had some experiences at the parks that we might not have had had it just gone the way that we thought it might go. We're staying in this wonderful hotel, this resort that Gracie and I happened upon when we came down a few weeks prior to this vacation. And it was built in the 70s and the 80s, and it's your classic timeshare. Back in the 80s and the 90s, timeshares were all the rage. And, and it was a total, in my mind, scam on the part of the people that own the timeshares. You buy your condo, but what you buy for thousands of dollars is a week. And what you get for owning it is some, is some activities that would keep you at the resort for your whole vacation. So you'd come to Orlando and you would just stay in this resort and everything you need to do is right here. That's not something I really would need to own. And there are, there are timeshares everywhere and the popularity of ownership in timeshares has gone way down. This resort, I keep looking out because that's the view out, view out my window over there, shows the signs of age. When you look at the layout of the apartments and the layout of the resort, you can see that it's your classic 30 years ago resort. Having said that, it's beautiful. It's walkable. There are restaurants and stores and pools. Every little, every little village of, of apartments has a health center and a pool and a restaurant. Like it's all set up for ease of access. It's not super handicapped accessible in ways that new resorts would be. However, it is just not to the extent that it might be where it built now. For example, I haven't seen any swimming pools yet with like those swings and those contraptions and things that you can put people that are paralyzed in so they can get into the pool and enjoy themselves. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I haven't seen all the swimming pools, but I haven't seen it yet. Here we came back and this has been an ideal spot for Jack because Kenny and I don't feel locked into a hotel room five floors up with no balcony and no place to go and having to pack everything you might need to go outside to one swimming pool that gets boring in 10 minutes. There's no place to walk here. There are playgrounds and a variety of swimming pools and beautiful paths under trees. And it's just completely different. And there's a balcony. So even though you have to, we just close the curtains so that we can walk in and out with ease. So we don't waste the air conditioning, but I can go outside in the morning and have coffee and smell the Florida air. I'm not inside some fabricated place. I love it. I'm, I'm a big fan of screened in porches. It's one of my favorite places. So that's been our reality. We've gotten up every morning. I've sat on the porch and had a couple of hours with Jack while Kenny sleeps in, had coffee. You know, we, we went shopping so I can easily maintain all of my dietary restrictions. Uh, we're at Disney, which means all the restaurants are wonderful with those as well. So that part of the vacation has been wonderful. Another thing that I like about this resort is because it's a resort and because they're very, very, very hungry for more people to come here, it's not as crowded as it could be at all. People are just incredibly kind. And hopefully, I hope that all the 
the guests are as kind as the hotel workers are because incredibly kind and helpful. And of course, we're at Disney and Disney cast members are incredibly kind to all of the guests that come. Right now, Kenny and Jack are at the playground and swimming. Well, I can quickly record this life doesn't always turn out the way you thought it would episode. How did it not turn out how I thought it would for me? I guess I didn't think I'd be here right now. And I didn't think that so much of our vacation would have been, I guess, as much work as it is. And that sounds like I'm complaining and I don't mean to be. But when you vacation with your family, you know, everyone's roles essentially stay the same. So nobody really gets a vacation, especially the mommy. <laughs> so I'm just looking at how, how it's been. So the biggest change with Jack coming here as a family is that he loves all of it. He loves every ride. He notices. Yesterday at Magic Kingdom, we went on a million different rides. Well, a million. We went on five or six. I went on Space Mountain with Gracie because I love, I love comparing the fact that when that was built, I was one of the first people to go on it in Disneyland in California in 1981. And it seemed like this smooth, unbelievably fluid roller coaster because roller coasters were clackety, clackety, clack back then. They didn't have those metal barred hang from above roller coasters for a long time. It was four or five years later that those really started to come out. Going on it now, it feels like this old school, ancient roller coaster and it's pitch black, you know, which is sort of what made it amazing. An inside roller coaster, who, who could think of such a thing? And now we're, we want to be busy, like, you know, the rock and roller coaster at Hollywood Studios is an inside roller coaster, but you've got all the, the graphics and the flashing lights and the music and, you know, Space Mountain, you're just inside pitch black. So it was fun. Gracie and I went on there and we had a blast and I, I wanted to go on for one of my clients at Battle CrossFit, Bob, who was hoping I could get a front row seat, but I didn't. I was the very last seat, but that's okay. So yesterday and the day before and the day before, we got some alone time at the parks with Gracie. We got to spend some Hollywood Studios time with Kaylin and we watched Fantasmic. Jack is obsessed with Fantasmic. It is the nighttime show at Hollywood Studios and it's Mickey's wonderful dream turning into a nightmare. Since Jack has watched it so much on TV, he was riveted. Another thing that riveted Jack on this vacation was the Lion King show at Animal Kingdom. That is an unbelievable show. And I think it's probably Gracie's number one dream to dance in the, and to perform in the Lion King show. It's amazing. It's acrobatics. It's dancing. It's singing. It's, it's all alive and in person. They include the audience. Jack was riveted. He, he talked about it when we were leaving Animal Kingdom that day. He said, today was a great day. <laughs> that was so cute. So Jack has had a blast. He's Each park has given him new things that he likes. He went on this spinning ride in Toy Story Land that he did not like. He reminds me of Molly here. Gracie loved all the scary rides. Jack had this complete, he wasn't terror stricken. He was just unhappy the whole time he was on the, it's the, the claw. It's like, it's like the Tilt-A-Whirl kind of, it spins around a bit. It's all, you're sitting in those little creatures. It was not good. He didn't like it at all. But he loved seeing Woody and Buzz. He loved meeting the characters. We went to Epcot and went on Remy. He didn't like Remy either. Then we got off, he wanted to go on again. So I think he's just at that phase where he likes the idea of things. He's not quite ready for it. And he's that way with characters. I've posted a bunch on Instagram and Facebook of his character interactions because he's really growing into those now. It takes him a bit to warm up, but once he's okay, he's chatting away. Rapunzel, we ran into Rapunzel and she gave Stella a birthday shout out, which as I record, her birthday is today. So I'm, you know, I'm sure that was a big hit. Uh, last night, Gracie and Kaylin went to the Halloween party at Magic Kingdom. And today they're meeting Figment at Epcot. And we are enjoying our last day here. So why, why am I just giving you boring details of my vacation? Well, 
Because sometimes that's what life is, boring details. And sometimes the more things change, the more they stay the same. But when I think of how different this vacation was, or this vacation even exists, and that it's all because of some last minute things, a last minute decision to audition for a part in a Disney performing role, not getting the decision, a last minute decision on our part to come in vacation now, and all the things that went into that to make that happen. At the last minute, Kaylin, perhaps not rescheduling chemo and spending the first four days of her, you know, six days here, not feeling well and not being able to do too much and how that changed the day-to-day activities of Gracie. And now we're, you know, heading back home to rainy, miserable fall weather, which everyone loves except me. I look at last minute decisions in my life. I look at all that's taken place for me since 9-11 and how those have affected me. I look at the different hotel rooms I've recorded lives and podcast episodes in Utah, here in Orlando, now in this one in Orlando. And I, and I look at the struggles of raising children and of being in a partnership with somebody that you share children with. And, you know, that I think we spend a lot of time wanting people to change and expecting that change will occur and change does need to occur. And then you look at things that haven't. I will say a negative change I have seen in our country is how horrible we're willing to treat each other as Americans. We have a very easy time pointing fingers at an enemy from far away. 9-11 gave a lot of Americans an excuse to hate Muslims and people of Islamic descent. You know, Ukraine gives us an excuse to hate Russians. You know, Trump gives his supporters an excuse to hate half of America. And he gives the other half of America permission to hate him. I just feel like all we do now as Americans, and I'm generalizing here because there are plenty of Americans that don't feel this way, is permission to point the finger at someone else for all of our troubles. I've been doing something. I've been watching and watching and watching videos and online channels, both hardcore right-wing extremists and far-left extremists, as labeled by each other. I definitely have beliefs from both sides. I wouldn't call myself an extremist on anything. But I saw an interview. Now, I've seen a lot of interviews on like the transgender reality, and I've seen a lot of interviews on abortion, and I've seen a lot of interviews on climate change. So they show people with with a certain opinion interviewing somebody about the issue. And the interviews are so guided by the nature of the questions that they're questions you can't answer without without proving the interviewer or the interviewee correct. For example, one was a man interviewing a woman around either homosexuality or abortion or transgender rights and such. And she kept insisting the interviewer was a far-right extremist. Well, you're wearing an American flag on your shirt. Well, okay, I know a lot of far-left people that proudly wear an American flag. Since when does the American flag connect with far-right extremism. And then he mentioned that he was in the military. And then he mentioned that he agreed that women's sports should only have women in them. And she just kept blasting him by saying, all of these things say that you're a far-right extremist. So you're making me feel unsafe. You're making me feel like I'm not safe being interviewed by you. So basically she was saying, because he didn't agree with her, she was going to label him as something unsafe. And it was heart-wrenching for me to watch because He was just trying this particular, it wasn't a far-right extremist show. But I look at a couple of of shows 
far left shows and far right shows. And the host of those shows set things up with, with clickbait and little titles for the, for the episodes that are provocative in a negative way that will get people to watch. So they're already angry before they watch. And the wording around the interviews, the wording around the answers, the interruptions. As an elementary school teacher, if I saw this behavior in students, they would lose their recess privileges and they'd have to go see the counselor and they'd have to learn how to be good people, to be a good friend, to be kind, to keep their opinions while everyone can have one. Don't use your opinions to vilify and bully those who disagree with you. And it makes me not feel badly for either side now. I look at some people who are hardcore support of the LGBTQ initiative, and I feel bad for that initiative because they're doing nothing to create understanding for their cause. What they're doing is creating a militant, a militant action. And I look at pro-lifers who just vilify any woman who contemplates abortion as an evil, horrible thing when the abortion issue isn't as black and white as killing a baby versus not. There is so much in all of our issues, climate change, you know, the oil industry, and let's make believe that all these things are fake. If we say that something was made up, you have a whole group of people who believe it's made up. So what am I rambling on about now? I look at 9-11 and I look at how unified we became. And I will remind every Democrat listening that we had a Republican president at the time and that George Bush took a lot of heat for that, for 9-11. I will never forget the video of him watching. He's reading to a classroom. He's sitting in a classroom full of people and whispers in his ear, whispers in President Bush's ear, that there's been an attack on the World Trade Center. And you see his face change. And then you see him pull it together and finish reading the story because that's what he needs to do right then. And then he excuses himself and off he goes and the rest comes. And I don't remember too many Democrats loudly Bush hating at that time. I'm sure I could go back and see it. But what I remember is that we all just put our differences aside and everyone hung their American flags out. I drew a big chalk flag on our driveway. You know, we all, we all tried really hard to be united and unified as America. And I wonder if 9-11, if a 9-11 type event were to happen here, how would we unify for that? I look at the raging fires on the island of Maui and how even that has become a politically divisive event and it suddenly disappears from the news. And it just puzzles me and makes me anxious. And it makes me contemplate every choice I make now. I can't overthink a choice because no matter how much I plan, no matter how much I make sure I'm doing everything right, it doesn't mean the right thing will happen. And, and I look at my podcast journey and all of my looking back on the loss of Molly and the loss of my job, just backstepping all the way to all of the things that led me to that day. I wonder how helpful it might be for all of us to backstep in some way, to see all of the little steps that we took and what brought us to where we are and what brought our country to where it is now. I'm just in a contemplative way. And I think it's because I'm recording this on 9-11. It's a beautiful, hot, sunny day. My last one here, we leave tomorrow, although we will have some time in the sun. So I will definitely do a pool workout again tomorrow so I can be in the water outside in the hot <laughs> tomorrow. Not every day has to be a 9-11 Remembrance Day, but every day is valuable. And every day is that for somebody. Every single day is somebody's trauma day. May 7th is as big in my life as 9-11. And May 7th doesn't mean anything to most people, but it does to me. So if we can remember that every day is somebody's 9-11, then maybe we can just be a little bit kinder 
and more thoughtful in how we act and who we support and how we support those people. Our social constructs are changing. And when I look at the writings in my faith, in the Baha'i faith, one of the big tenets in my faith is that ultimately world peace is attainable, that we all can get together on this planet. And there are those listening to me that would say that makes no sense, that sure, we could have world peace if everybody was white and Christian, or if everybody was darker skinned and Islamic or Native American, or if everybody was Asian, you know, we, we, we can't all become one thing to have world peace. We all exist together. We are the flowers of one garden. We are the leaves of one tree. Look at how different that is. The flowers of one garden, all the flowers are different. And the leaves of one tree, all the leaves are the same. Yet both of those analogies are necessary and important for unity and for health. Trees and flowers both grow very beautifully. So, you know, here's to hoping that as fall turns into winter and we close out another calendar year on the good old BCAD Gregorian calendar, that we can look to 2024 with some happiness and some hope for everybody. Be good to yourself. Be good to yourself in a kind, self-loving way that is not based on ego, but rather love. Be good to someone else. After you put your oxygen on, oxygenate someone else with the awesomeness that is you. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Hey, thanks for listening and for supporting the podcast. Feel free to leave a review and to share my stories with your friends. Please reach out with your own stories. I love connecting with my listeners. If you want to see what I'm up to next, you can find me on Instagram at barb underscore 444, on Facebook as Barb Higgins, and at my website, a thousandtinysteps.com. And while you're there, sign up for my newsletter, a weekly way to find out what's up in the life of Barb Higgins.